Welcome to the Elder Hour podcast, where we discuss the history of plants from a magical perspective. We'll be exploring the history, lore, and mystical properties of a new plant every single week. I'm your host, Juliette Diaz, an indigenous Taino bruja and seer. And I'm your host, Chelsea Selby, owner of occult bath and body brand, Witch Baby Soap and Lifelong Witch. Welcome to the final episode of Elder Hour for this season. And we are going to be talking about chicory. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, the, uh, chicory doesn't really get the attention it deserves. So in That's this episode, it, it really we <laughs> are going to shine some light on this magical roadside plant. Mm-hmm. So to start, uh, there's multiple planetary rulers. Traditionally, it has been associated with the sun because it has a relationship with the sun and we'll get into that um some texts say that it's has saturn properties after going through my notes and the research i do see it and i'll tell you why i see it and then in newer publishing you are seeing it being associated with uranus traditionally the plants were only assigned with the sun the moon and the planets all the way through saturn and now there are planets there are plants that are also associated with Uranus and Neptune and Pluto. So this is one of those. And we've never really done like a Uranus plant on the podcast before. Right. So we thought it would be fun. Yeah, it's exciting and fun. Uranus plants are usually like, so you're going to like to work with these during Aquarius transits. I think that this makes so much sense um, because Uranus is kind of like Mercury dialed up a notch and you often see chicory mixed with coffee. Coffee is another plant because of its effect on the mind where it can be used for like mercurial baths or magic and also Uranus aligned magic. So I like to use those interchangeably for both Mercury and Uranus magic. Mm-hmm. So this, this plant is not native to the United States. It was brought here from Eurasia and its name is said to have been derived from the Egyptian word Chorium. Right. I couldn't pronounce that either. <laughs> Uh, where it was grown by the Nile. You'll see chicory talked a a lot about with endive. Did you see that when you were researching? No. It's like you can't search for chicory without also finding finding out about endive. I'm not sure how that works. Like it comes from endive or it's in the endive family. I I didn't really understand. Um, I ate an endive once. (laughs) Have you ever eaten an endive? No. Well, I, I didn't see that. Well, that's interesting. Now I'm going to go back and try to see. Okay. Yeah. So it's a leafy vegetable that belongs to the genus Chichorium, uh, which it, it's a bitter leafy green, essentially. Okay. Well, what, well, you've eaten it, right? Well, th- is it in salads? I ate it one time because I was like getting really into health in my early twenties and I saw that you could put ricotta cheese on it and it tastes good. And I like did it one time, but then <laughs> I never really continued to do it. <laughs> it, it. It's just like a bitter leafy green. I think that you could probably use it in um, like soups and things like that, or like salads that have bitter, bitter greens in it. Right. Supposedly I, from some things I read that it, chicory grows from endive i 
it was confusing to me. I'm not a farmer. I don't know how that works. But I do know if you want to produce chicory root or the Belgian endive, grow chicory. What? Here's the mystery. Here's the mystery. There's already mystery. Chicory and endive. Okay. That's then if you search if endive and chicory are the same. What it says it's called endive. The British call chicory. And what the Americans call chicory, the British call endive. What the heck? But it's not the same. I know. Okay. So I guess what we should do for the sake of, for the sake of it, we're going to have to put these two together. <laughs> um, so like, you know how some plants you can use like interchangeably. I would say that you could probably use these two interchangeably because based on that, but you can tell what's talking about the American chicken. This is like football and soccer. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're definitely different things, plants. So when you look it up, we're talking about the chicory that has the blue flowers. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So I found this really nice quote that I liked um, talking about chicory. And it says, the brilliant color is, this is from the New York Times, the brilliant color in such unlikely surroundings can turn the heads of observant urban naturalists, including John Updike, who says, show me a piece of land that God forgot, a strip between an unused sidewalk, say, and a bulldozed lot rich in broken glass, and there, July on, will be chicory. Which is, um, huh? Which is true. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it really is one of the most accessible plants, and it gets it doesn't get the attention it really deserves. Like I love chicory so much. I mean, even as it wasn't native here, but native Americans, because it did come here so long ago, we had a lot of different native tribes who use um, chicory for different medicinal reasons. Um, want me to get into that a little bit before? We yeah, start? yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was used as a root infusion, as a tonic to calm nerves, uh, a de decoction of the roots to treat fever blisters um, much like dandelion, chicory root is regarded as a safe diuretic, even when used in a large quantity to use dissolve to dissolve kidney stones. Um, I mean, it's used as well. I have here for like the stomach, um, swelling, inflammation. So it's really a powerful plant, um, not just medicinally, but also when we move into the magical space, um, I'm like super excited to talk about that too. So that is where you see the, the Uranus properties because Uranus uh, ruled plants do affect the nervous system. Mm, yes. And then you could probably also lightly uh, apply mercurial traits to it too if you were going for like a more traditional route of just the original plants. Mm. Um, it is also known as coffee weed, suckery, wild cherry, wild suckery, blue sailors, rag and ragged sailors. Yeah. In literature, it's, I only see it as suckery. Yeah. Like, it, it's weird because I actually had a hard time finding it in a lot of the like traditional witchcraft publications. Well, that's why my book, The Plant Witchery, has it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's one of my favorites, you know, because this is something that grows like dandelion. You know, it's like accessible to everyone. People just don't know it's there. 
Um, it also seems like this is another one of those, like we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like, this is one of those like, quote unquote, like lowly weeds. Like this is not, this is not the mandrake, you know, this is not a fancy witchcraft herb. This is like low budget witchcraft. And you see the classism in some of these publications because they don't even bring it up. No, I think it's one of the most important ones. And that's why I put it in the book in the first place. I mean, we use it for unblocking, opening doors between realms, for abundance. Abundance, is in, if especially if you use it with other um, plant allies that are for abundance as well. This is really powerful. So let's get you interested in chicory because she's the bomb. Yeah, and you can find it everywhere. So it's the fucking best. Um, I found magically that it was good for invisibility, which clearly I was like, Ooh, why, why is that? That's very interesting. Um, removing roadblocks. It literally grows on the side of roads. Mm. Yes. It removes roadblocks. If you are having roadblocks in your life, you want something like I just find herbs that grow on the side of the road to be obviously things that eliminate roadblocks. Um, eliminating obstacles, countering enemy attacks, gaining favor, hexing, opening locks, inner purification, and love. Yeah. Um, so we can start here. So I'll, ger- oh, sorry. Hmm? <laughs> I was going to, I'm going to go over um, some of the magical properties that I shared and okay. plant wisdom. So then it flows into our next part. Um, so I wrote here, chicory can help maintain frugality. If you're concerned about money. Hey, we talked about this in the last episode. Um, in addition to working with plants, they invite prosperity. You should use chicory to help you save that money you have while you're working on your abundance. She can also will help remove whatever obstacles are blocking your path, opening doors of opportunities in your life. It is said that her powers are their strongest when gathered by moonlight and silence. That's something that I've seen repeated that last part um was i seen repeated throughout magical text so i wanted Mm -hmm. to add that part there as for her plant wisdom which is what i connect to and this is coming from me um although chicory is a powerful plant to use for clearing blocked paths and opening new ones she's also great spirit communicator when i work with chicory she serves as a microphone for my ancestors i often place a bowl of water next to her to amplify the whispers of the spirits she brings you can ask chicory to visit in your dreams but be warned those dreams are super fucking trippy <laughs> i don't have yeah. i don't have the word fucking in the book but i'm just saying it for real one moment you'll be flying and another you'll be running through a spinning geometric tunnel these dreams are often bring a sense of fearlessness reminding us of our inner power that we all hold um, so when I say that she amplifies, the reason why I put the water next to chicory, so we have water element um, in the planets aligned with her or no? Um, no. So traditionally she is an air element plant, um, but I could, there's definitely a relation to water. Like, you know, it's, it's the summer. It's the most wet season. Well, the, the way I, I kind of feel like the, when I do place the water, it, ampl- it kind of amplifies the energies of chicory where it it's like an antenna there. It works as an antenna with the energy of chicory in the water. When they combine together, there's an antenna that happens. Um, and through that antenna is where you can, you know, hear the messages and downloads a lot better. Um, and it does work for me. It just doesn't work for me for like super older ancestors. This is more like recent, like maybe your great grandparents, 
your grandmother, your grandfather okay. passed away like that. I'm happy that you brought this up. Oh, you know what? Okay. This is what I think it is. This is what I think it is. So chicory has, and we've talked about this before about long tap roots. We've talked about it with sunflower and how dandelion also has a similar deep tap root and how this can help you tap into the underworld. And maybe that's what the water and the tap root kind of goes hand in hand because it plunges so deep into the earth. Yeah. There's definitely that um, ability to connect to the underworld and to like the spirit realm. So really powerful plant to work with. Yeah. So I could see it like pulling down that energy, like, like as if you put it near, it would like feel the water nearby and want to reach out, want to tap down mm-hmm. yeah. into the groundwater. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that makes a lot of sense. It does. Um, this one is, it has, it's, it's folklore. It's kind of like all over the place. <laughs> I found it is. And I mean, I've seen a lot of controversy too about it almost like being banned. There was a whole controversy with chicory um because it was so popular with the coffee industry um oh i haven't i haven't seen that but i can i can imagine i do have some info on that um it's actually we could jump into that relevant to modern times uh especially with all of the war that's going on in the world right now chicory is a total war time coffee like, I don't know if that came up for you, but yeah. mm-hmm. it was used. Let me find this in my notes. Uh, oh, okay. So it, if you haven't been to new Orleans, chicory is like the coffee of new Orleans and was made famous by cafe du monde in this country in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, chicory was first added to coffee by the Dutch, probably during the Dutch wars Relevant to current events, the use of chicory in coffee has historically been utilized as a way to stretch out coffee supplies while war is occurring. And during the French Revolution, chicory was drunk just as much as coffee when Napoleon blocked English shipping in the early 1800s. I think this is where some of that frugality comes in. And that it even is, it represents frugality in the language of flowers. Yes, it does. It really does. But just like that. And and the fact that there was so much controversy of people wanting it over others, there's like a lack, a sense of frugality, again, coming up in this energy wherever the stories come from. Yeah, I feel like it's it's that times, like when you're going through hardships, Mm -hmm. it's there. Yep. And that's what makes it a great plant to work with because it's it's literally there for everybody there's no there's no pay wall with chicory it's one of the most accessible plants Mm -hmm. that and dandelion are very similar to me if you're working i don't know if you're used to working with coffee magic um if you work with like chicory coffee i that's a really great um possibly something that you can put on your altar when you're doing abundance work. I love chicory coffee. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite. Like the, the new Orleans at Rook, if you're from New Jersey, Rook or the Jersey shore, rather, I don't know. Do they have Rooks in North Jersey? No, I never even been there. There's none. I know there's none around. I live in North Jersey now, but I'm a Jersey shore girl. 
at, at my core. Um, and Rook Coffee is like the place, especially now that we have a shop in Red Bank. I like totally take advantage that of the fact that I can get a Rook Coffee. I always get the New Orleans for they're so good. I need to try. Well, yes. With our next meet, can we please have some coffee from there? Wait, have you ever seen? Yes, definitely. Have you ever seen the sticker with the little the little crow on it? No. On people's, <laughs> it's uh, that's the the rook symbol. It's like a little, it's like a little crow. Oh, that's interesting. No, no, I have no idea. Never tried it. I'm really curious, and I want to go like now. <laughs> or it's it's a raven, maybe. I don't know. It's a little, it's a little blackbird, and. It's, they have like a cult-like following, Mm. but I feel like there you go. Like just even in that, like the, the scavenger energy of it. Or the obsession (laughs) with chicory. There is a real obsession with chicory though, like in history and, and, and literature and like during war. Yes. Yes. It's either you don't know about chicory or you're obsessed. So it wasn't always considered to be like this lowly weed. It, um, was once an, an a very important weed. Uh, the Emperor Charlemagne kept it as one of his 75 plants in his garden, and he decreed that it be grown in every garden in his realm. Mm. So this is a very important one. I also read that it is said to be one of the bitter herbs of Passover to be eaten to remember the enslavement in Egypt and as a reminder of God's faithfulness and deliverance. So this is like a holy plant. This is an important plant that we just drive by every day and don't even think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, but it was in a lot of, it was also in the text. Where is it? I have it here um, in the archives of the, let's see. So Henry David Thoreau. He wrote the blue flowers of the suckery, which is, you know, chicory and some late golden rods and buttercups on the summit of Cape diamond were almost my only companions, the former, the former bluer than heavens they faced. And this is in the text of a Yankee in Canada with anti-slavery and reform papers by Henry David Lord, um, Thoreau. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those that you have to be mindful of to notice, you know, you have to be in the moment to notice it. I do think it brings that mindful energy because of that. Mm -hmm. And it, so let's talk about invisibility. Can we talk about that real quick? Um, I feel like when we talk about invisibility in witchcraft, people think like the cloak in Harry Potter and that's what invisibility is. Right. (laughs) You know, and they're like invisibility or like, like when we talk about transforming, like we're not talking about turning into literal werewolves. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so do you want to like talk about what invisibility means to you? For me, um, I mean, I literally disappeared for <laughs> from the world for a long time. So for me, it means different things for Invisibility is more of a protection aspect for me where I kind of take back or I call back all of my energy back to myself and I am no longer um, contributing my energy to different places outside of me. To me, that's a form of invisibility where I reclaim my energy, stay away from 
um, things that are very chaotic, like the world right now, there's people who are not taking it very well, don't know how to, um, you know, kind of navigate through all of the things that are happening. So I don't allow myself to be out there like seen or exposed so Mm -hmm. that I am able to self-care and take care of myself. That's how I work with like invisible invisibility or not being perceived. Yes. Okay. So that's exactly what it is. It's about not being perceived. Like for me, invisibility magic will be like, okay, we've talked about this before about protecting our ideas, moving in silence. Mm-hmm. You know, when we don't want to be giving off hints about what we're doing because we're protecting those ideas, it definitely goes hand in hand with protection. I actually, you know, because of you, I've become really good at that. Like, not, I used to be that person that would be excited to like announce what I was going to do like years ago. Um, and since with being with you, you're like, girl, keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> people are watching you don't want to feel and i i noticed i noticed that every time i did say something all of a sudden someone just randomly announces that they're going to do the same thing or they started something but you can tell that it was rushed so that means that they did take the idea from when i announced it or shared it so i was feeling a certain type of way but in all in honesty going back to this invisibility and not being perceived and, and protecting your ideas and your visions it's your fault. You need to have some kind of, um, hold some kind of responsibility of how you attract your creative work or your dreams and goals moving forward, because you want to protect them, right? They're an extension of who you are. They carry your energy. So now I literally just, every time I come out with something, people are like, what? God damn. Like, I didn't even know you were going to do that. They're like, you're a publisher now. I'm like, dude, we've been working behind the scenes hard on this. And I've learned to really enjoy being in the and the essence, not the presence of what it is that I'm going to bring to the world. And it has been a game changer for everything that I do. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, in an ideal world, we could just announce like our plans and what we want to do, but that it's not just, it's not just our supportive circle that's watching us. Right. (laughs) It's, it is the vultures. It is the, the people who don't want to see you uh, succeed, who, want to send you the evil eye. And so invisibility is good for those situations, especially like if you are in a situation where say you're starting even a small business um, and sometimes the people that you think would support you the most are the people you find out are the, the toughest people on you, the people who tell you that's not going to succeed or send you the evil eye, you know, like, um, actually saw a really interesting TikTok about this recently. I it's and they called it crab mentality. Mm. Oh, the bucket. Yeah, do you see that? No, yeah. <laughs> um, who posted it? Uh this this TikToker uh, Which, by the way blew my mind. I had no idea that that happened. That happened. Yeah. So this TikToker, let me find Felicia for the win is her name. Um, hold on. Yeah, Felicia for the win posted a TikTok about crab mentality and how if you put a bucket near the water with one crab in it, the crab will go out of the bucket and into the ocean. But if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, they're not going to let the other crabs escape. Mm. They'll all die in the bucket. They'll keep the other crab. When a crab tries to get out of the bucket, they'll put the crab back in. Yep. Yep. 
Like pull so, it down. Yeah, it pulls it back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fishermen don't have to put a lid on buckets of crabs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they will stop each other. They will keep each other in the bucket. So invisibility is what you want to use when you feel like you have crabs mm-hmm. around you trying to pull you back down. Yeah. When you want I mean, the way I see it too, um, even if we don't take it literally, like I don't have a lot of people surrounding me, like in real world, um, just like you were very picky with who we allow into our circles, into our lives, personal lives. Um, I may be friends with a lot of people online, but in real life, they don't exist, right? Because they're online. I, they don't even, a lot of them don't even live close to me. So we can also look at this from a perspective of not just having a lot of people around us, but a lot of people having the need to reach a certain destination or a certain goal. So like, for instance, right now, a lot of people are struggling or wanting to start their own businesses, um, look for new ways to make money, um, to find that it thing that's going to make them, you know, blow up. And I feel like when there's a lot of that energy, when people are just wanting to find the next thing for themselves to do, it's really important for you to kind of keep silent with what it is that you are working on and want to bring to the world to protect you from being drowned out or pulled down because there's so much, um, I guess, anxiety around wanting to succeed in this world. That's how society is now. And also some people are not actively conscious of the fact that they are taking other people's ideas or they are try- like emulating another person that it's that's self-reflection that requires a lot of work. So it even just like getting mad and upset about people who want to take your place. I mean, it's valid and you should be upset about that, but don't put too much energy into it because in this world where we are just like in circles, influencing each other constantly, it's going to happen. And it's subconscious. It's a subconscious influence. That's why influencers are called influencers. Yes, for real. Um, so, go ahead. Oh, so you have to just be mindful, even when you are creating. Even when you are creating, you have to be mindful of the stuff that you're consuming because you could also be picking up the influence of others and using that in your own creation. Yes. So, if we go back a little bit to where I was talking about um, using um, hickory, chick hickory. Hickory, hickory dickory knock. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I just started saying. Um, chicory coffee on your altar. Um, this may not relate to a lot of people, but you brought up New Orleans um, has, you know, they have like the ritual voodoo coffee um, that they work with, with their altars. So there are many different ritual coffee drinks used around the Afro um, diasporian world. Many of these are alcoholic and are used both as offerings to Lewa and fortification. Um, fortification for the worshipers. Um, this one is great for honoring the ancestors around Halloween and Samhain. So that I've seen growing up. Um, I've seen a lot of Dominican, Haitian people, um, Cuban people using um, this coffee ritual for their altars. So if you add a little bit of rum or maybe a drink of something that's connected to your ancestors, for us, it's like we add cinnamon, nutmeg, cocoa powder, anything that you know that your ancestors were love with the chicory co- um, coffee would kind of be a really good offering for them, especially around these spiritual times. Yeah. And I think that even connects to how you were talking about before. Um, it 
it connect, connecting you to your ancestors and how um, it has that deep taproot and it, it just it vibrates with that energy. Well, the root, I think the root there for that ancestral work, because it goes so deep into the earth. Um, we've talked about plants like that before, like we mentioned, where it's more into like the underworld space, um, that sh- more shadow, darker space where you can illuminate the light of the voices coming through. So I really love that. I'm actually going to go get me some more. I have not worked with this since I moved here. I have some in my cabinet right now. I'm like, I, I actually had that. I had a nice, uh, chicory coffee on sunday and it was a really nice treat have you mixed it with lavender? i just want to ask for some reason i've been wanting to ask since we started the show um have you used it with lavender i have not but i have used it with angelica weirdly enough weird that is weird (laughs) but how does that taste uh it's interesting (laughs) because because they're both they're both bitter so my tongue is not figuring it out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it tastes like it came from the ground <laughs> maybe try, try adding the angelica maybe a lavender see how that plays out i don't know lavender is really like coming through as we're talking about chicory coffee so let's see what happens i can see that i can see that for sure especially when we're talking about ancestral properties yeah because um lavender is also reputed to like help you see ghosts and quiet the mind and also if we're working that's another one oh the nervous nervous yes 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 yes. sorry guys i'm I'm fucking so when you're working (laughs) with mercurial or uh uranus plants there are going to be people they're going to be like plants that affect the mind and the thought process. And I think that those are integral to helping you tap into your psychic connection, whether you need to speed up or slow down. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That makes so much sense. I'm like geeking, plant geeking out right now, like so much because we have in the beginning of the episode, we talked about, um, you know, calming the nervous system and it makes sense in ancestral work or even just connecting with spirit realm or spirit, even the self. Um, the lavender will amplify that healing effect of the nervous system, which is what you need to kind of master when you're trying to go into visions, when you're trying to channel, when you're trying to get those, um, those gifts amplified for like your psychic and mediumship. Um, yes, let's do this. I love this. Yes. I think that this is like, it's like turning a dial when you work with these plants because, um, when it comes to like lavender or something that is like chicory, like calming, it's going to be like, you're lowering your guard, mm-hmm. you know, even with alcohol. Sometimes I had this really weird experience. I was at a, I was like at a horror movie party one time and I was just, I had a couple of beers and this person next to me, I thought something and then they said it and I was like, Oh my God, I just read your mind. And then the next person I thought something and then they said it. And I was going to be like, I just read your mind too. And then the next person, <laughs> they thought something and then I, I thought something and then they said it. And I was like, am I fucking crazy right now? Am I Sookie Stackhouse? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, I'm just sitting here trying to watch may. Okay. Like, this is intense and it just when things lower your guard it kind of opens you up and that's why sometimes you'll see in um wherever on the internet in books uh people will talk about like 
how drug use and alcohol use can open you up to certain energies and why they can be dangerous, especially as like a spiritual person. And I'm not saying this about like medications that you have to take because there's a lot of bullshit that people say about taking medications as a spiritual person. You know, if you need a medication, you need a medication and do not let anybody shame you for that. I'm talking about like uh, some people like to abstain from drinking alcohol because they feel like it lowers their defenses spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. um, and that's valid. That's very valid. <laughs> I feel like I'm not saying that you have to do that. I definitely enjoy a nice drink here or there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. It's really rare if I have a drink, and it has to be like a good one. I know I mentioned like I stopped drinking a long time ago, um, but I do, especially for working with my altar on uh, special days for like ancestral um, connection here and there. I give a lot of rum to my altar, though. <laughs> That's where it goes. Yeah, even even with weed, like you're like wide open, you know, like you. Uh, it's you can that yes, some some substances can help help you receive messages. But, but I think if you want to go to less of an extreme, you can work with these plants like chicory and lavender and coffee. Like, I think that there's something to when people say I've had so much caffeine, I can see sounds. What the hell? I actually and, heard that before. <laughs> like people will just be like really dramatic. They'll be like, uh, when you had so much caffeine, um, you can hear words off a book like you like you know what I'm saying like they'll just like say these like really extreme things to explain how much caffeine they've had yeah that sounds kind of like when I came back from <laughs> um the other world um everything was like amplified I mean everything I mean sound had you know there's some people who can see color when they hear music yes okay yeah. so when I when I came back I kind of what that happened with like bird bird chirping, bird singing. Um, it happened with like my cat's meow. It happened with everything. So I feel like, um, just talking about chicory and, and, and remembering the state of mind I was in, especially the first month after that happened to me, um, we can tap into these realms, into these spaces, into the, these parts of our brain and our spirit where we can open up so much that we do see this other world where we do um hear things a lot more or see what what's happening energetically with everything like you're speaking about when they're having a lot of coffee um so i kind of want to explore that more and for some reason chicory is bringing it up so i'm I'm wondering if that's what's gonna kind of like amplify it or bring it out of me well chicory has that has that and chicory has a very uh long history with coffee you know especially i feel like that's why we're talking about coffee so much on this <laughs> like it it's definitely like a very uh it's in bed with coffee like its entire history is in bed with coffee um and you know there's just like we live in this in this reality where we only perceive it through our experience as humans and these, like, especially when you're working with the energy of Uranus, it it really pulls on the fabric of reality and shifts your perception. I mean, Uranus is a planet that spins sideways. Mm. So it really is kind of like makes you think outside of the box and opens up your mind to there being more than just what you're seeing. 
more than what you're seeing, more than what you're hearing, more than what you're being told. You know, it, it brings me back to like when we were kids, right? And our world was made of what we were told, right? Um, don't touch the stove because it'll burn you, right? It's hot. And my mom wasn't the person that would tell you, don't touch it. It was hot. She's the mother that would be like, let her burn her ass so she could learn her lesson not to touch it later. I really feel that we grew up in a world where we're told a lot and we never get to experience um, those things for ourselves. So we don't have a different perspective. We just have the perspective of what we've been told. And that really limits humans from going outside of those things that we're told and exploring the world for what it really is. Um, it's just like history books. We're only knowing history because of what was written, what we're reading, what we're told, but there's so much more to history than what we know in the books. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so chicory for me, I feel like if you want to open up your world to perceive things differently, differently to kind of get another side of a situation that you're going through, or if you have questions about a relationship or anything in general, I think that Chicory will help you see it from a different um, POV, right? Um, so that you can make a different decision for yourself. For sure. Even if you think about, even if you think about the place where Chicory has really taken root, like if you think about New Orleans, it's such an interesting and exciting and eccentric place, full of life, full of uh, just like it. It shifts your perspective things are just done differently in new orleans um it is one of the most unique places in this country and i think that chicory making that like it's official home place in the united states Mm. is just like so on brand for chicory (laughs) did you You know did you see any relations? Um, I saw, so I have a little bit of like a tiny ass list of lore. Um, did you see anything associated with, it says the nymph Clithia? So the lover, I, of, the lover of Apollo. Yes. So I did see that and I have like a whole pro- progression of, of the folklore. Um, I was interested because chicory is used for love yeah. And love spells. And I was like, uh, I don't know. That kind of, I'm not really seeing that. But I did find out that it is an aphrodisiac, uh, weirdly enough. So at andro- <laughs> it has androgen hormone androstenodione in it. And that's an aphrodisiac. Why did I, what, why did I not know that? But it doesn't, I don't feel it. Hmm. So, okay. So here's, here is where let's start here in Germany it's known as I don't know how to pronounce stuff in Germans <laughs> I'm gonna butcher this I'm sorry uh Wedgewort Wegewort I don't know it's spelled w-e-g-e-w-a-r-t-e okay meaning watcher of the road The folktale goes that a young maiden with eyes the color of chicory flowers was waiting by the roadside for her lover to return every day from either war, a voyage, the Crusades. It really depends on who's telling the story. It varies. So it probably changes depending on what the social climate is. Uh, In one rendition, the girl's parents encourage her to move on. And she says, I'd rather turn into a common wildflower than forget my love. So... I think that's where you start seeing it 
uh, coming into the, the love sphere. In Romania, we have another rendition of a woman turning into a flower, which I don't know what the deal is with mythology and women turning into flowers. Right. But the son wanted to marry a maiden. She refused his advances. And then in the ultimate, ultimate douchebag Gaston move, he turns her into a chicory flower. So she has to bloom in his presence and fade in the absence of the sun. Okay, that's disgusting. So that's her son, son, not the son. No, the son wants to marry this this woman. She says no. And then just like in the Helios story right. about yeah, same thing. Uh, with the sun this is why because chicory blooms every day from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. and then it closes up and the next day it blooms again. Interesting. So yeah. So it has a very it has a, a relationship with the sun. And the sun does have love properties. You see this in oranges. You see this in some of the sun-ruled flowers that they do have love properties. Um, and then we get back to pre-Celtic times when chicory was seen as the embodiment of the goddess of vegetation and the daughter of Mother Earth. Her husband was the sun, and every day she would watch him with her blue eyes. That's where you get the name Sponsa Solis, the sun's bride. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. So I feel like you find the love there because what I'm picking up from these folklores is that she's like a watchful lover. She's faithful. She's looking like on the roadside, looking for her lover, waiting for them to return. I also have a piece of folklore where it says if you put a piece, well, magic as well, put a piece in your pocket to help you get over past relationships. So like protecting the heart. I can see that, especially with its connection to the roads mm. and moving on. Yeah, I could see that. that. Like the the road is such a powerful place of magic. I love the idea of thinking about the magic that just lives on highways. Like it's a whole entire thing in itself um you remember you've a lot of people that like talk about ley lines and things like that like that yeah. old school idea of ley lines and yeah. and energy highways existing well like there's definitely an energy in roads and highways you see this with the crossroads and hecate and all that stuff like the the crossroads are have always been a powerful place but like highways in modern day society are places of energy, whether it's good or bad. And you have a lot of things like haunted highways fascinate the shit out of me. me Ghosts that are on set on roadways. And then even roadway memorial sites, like people get so entangled with these, these roadway memorial sites. There's like books about them, just photographing them and cataloging the way that people venerate their loved ones who passed on the highways yeah you know what but the thing is that's normal for us growing up in new jersey i didn't know that people found that weird all of our roads are literally cemeteries like we have crosses and flowers and memorials all like all over our roads and highways because of so many deaths and people memorialize them that way i mean i've even seen plaques and frames of people (laughs) in certain ones so for me, it's it's normal to see that, but I've heard that it's just weird and spooky that we are even 
adjusted and okay. I've definitely seen it in the South, like spending all my summers in the South, even like in deep rural areas of the South, I've seen it. Um, like crosses, especially because I, you have a very religious crowd in the South. So putting a cross where someone passed is not like uncommon in the deep South too. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't think that was weird. I didn't know that people thought that was weird. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, we, I, well, I live, I come from marginalized community and and a place where a lot of immigrants come into. So I remember growing up, um, specifically this Dominican guy or kid at the time, he was like, what's up with all these crosses and all these memorials on the streets and the highways? And I'm like, don't they have that in your country? I'm like, do they have it in your country? I'm like, hmm, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I didn't really think about it. It's something that I grew up with and I'm no- it's normal to us to see that. It's like an everyday thing wherever we drive. Um, I do have on here also that chicory is one of the traditional herbs for Passover. And yeah. also the most magical time for collection of this plant is said to be on St. Peter's Day, June 29th. I cannot find any more sources. And I went back and I cannot find why this was a thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I found that too, that um, gathering it at specifically 2 p.m. on St. Peter's and St. Paul's Feast Day is the best time to harvest chicory for ritual use. I also found that chicory can also be white and the white chicory should be harvested on the morning of Mary's Ascension Day slash the Assumption of Mary on August 15th. Mm-hmm. Then I also found info that says that you should harvest it when the moon is in Leo, which I could totally see because that would be the new moon of Leo because it blooms during Leo season, which is why I always end up using it for my Aquarius baths because that's the full moon of the season that it blooms in. So Um, new moon you said? You could, yeah, it says to harvest it during the Leo moon. Um, The Leo moon is definitely going to be the new moon because whatever season you're in. So like if you're in Pisces season, the new moon of Pisces season is in Pisces. Yeah. And then remember I referenced back to where I found a lot of texts. Um, Her powers are the strongest when she is gathered by moonlight in silence. That's more of like full moon or no new moon. So that would be on the Aquarius full moon then because she, she blooms like in July, early August. Right. Oh, yes, that's right. So that makes sense. That definitely uh, makes sense. Yeah, it's and then I also found that while harving, harvesting these, uh, if, if specifically if you're harvesting the white blooms, um, and I guess this would be a great way to work with Mary if you wanted to work with Mary. Um, you would say, I greet you in God's name, dear chicories, all of you. Greetings to you in front of me and to those behind me. Staunch the blood and heal the wounds and keep the power lent to you by God and the Holy Mary. Interesting. You know, t- talking about the Holy Mary and all this religious, this reminds me of, of my, I am pulled to work more with the white chicory when... I'm doing more vision work. Um, the white reminds me or it's kind of, for me, it's associated with my eyes turning white when you go into visions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, even if you're not a seer, you can still, you know, have visions. You can still um, kind of call them into you. And they feel like the white chicory energy is helpful for that. 
For sure. I, yeah, the, the, even just like the, the white space, like just it, it's like unclouded. It's just like white and black I find are just easy colors to work with because there's not a lot to contemplate. It's just kind of like nothingness. It's like, you know, like it, I find those two, especially when you need just like a blank slate. Yes. Yes. It with no, nothing to distract you. Um, being in, it, it, ugh, I'm getting chill. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm being triggered. Um, oh, oh my God. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I'm being, I'm recalling like the, the experience I had, like in that space. And there was this space of being where I was underwater in, in that realm and underwater, there was this feeling of nothingness, but everything at the same time, like it, endless expansion. Uh, and it was, oh, I'm getting chills. Um, literally my, my body is vibrating right now. Oh my God. Okay. Get it together. Um, because I'm remembering and feeling again, these emotions and energies that I was in. And it's really hard for me to connect back to a lot of that because there's no way that your body can hold on to that expansiveness. That would, that is what would drive someone crazy coming back from a near death experience or even like a really bad trauma. Um, because you go into the space where it's just like you, everything disappears and you just escape or, Oh, going back to disappearance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so open and so full that you get lost in the surroundings. You get lost or you're not perceived and like nothing really interferes with like the core of the truth of that energy, that presence. Um, totally. I'm into this. So like, if you did want to use it for invisibility, according to Norse mythology, you have to pick it on make first. <laughs> the hell, we have to make like a freaking planner for this. Yeah. And then it says, it says using a golden knife, uh, gather chicory at either midnight on midsummer's Eve or noon on midsummer's day and dry and preserve it. Allegedly carrying chicory promotes invisibility. Um, I know what I'm going to grow on my land somewhere. <laughs> you know what? I was like, where does Saturn come into all this? Like, where does Saturn come in? Cause they were like, I read in this, this, this one book, um, which book was it? Hold on. I'll tell you what book it was. I read in the herbal lore of wise women and work hunters that, uh, the blue flowers are often Saturnine in their properties. And then, I was like, I don't know, really. I don't know if that's enough for me. <laughs> um, but then Saturn, Father Time, all these fucking rules. Right. Why did, you know, like, this, this plant, I feel like, has more fucking rules yeah. and restrictions than any other plant I've read about for something, especially that grows, like, fucking everywhere and has, like, wild eccentricities. Um, it, it's just... It, there's... I got it. I got it. <laughs> Let's tie this bitch in. So you know how we spoke about how it was really controversial and it, and it stirred up a lot of people wanting to have control over it. These laws, just like a lot of religion, these laws and regulations and all of these things is to have control over something that they have can't have control over. So mm -hmm. honestly, for me, I would person personally, I would just not pay attention to like, you got to pick it here at this time and this day with a gold knife. Was it? Yeah. Even some, even, even some practices are like, you need to use a stag antler. Like there are so many rules for the, 
put a, take off your shoes and walk up to it and ask permission, pick it and work with chicory. Do you know what? It is a stubborn plant to cut. It is. Um, Maybe it is red gold. (laughs) It it does have a very thick stem. Um, I think that's where you see some of the lock picking stuff. Because if you, it's it's a very narrow, thick stem and it doesn't cut very easily. So I think that you see some of this like lock picking stuff comes from being able to stick this very hard stem that's flexible and won't break into a lock, Mm. like an old school lock. Because I was looking like, I saw that you could stick a leaf in the lock, but I'm thinking that this very narrow thick stem would probably be great because it's durable. It's not going to, it doesn't break easily. It doesn't, it's not brittle. I like that. It's strong and it stays together. Hmm. I really like that aspect of it. It just speaks community to me. It speaks, um, more power and more like a solid foundation, which Mm -hmm. degree, you know, helps build within yourself. It's uh, it's such a nuanced thing, and I think it really aligns with Aquarius because a lot of people have a hard time describing like Aquarian energy. Because in one in one aspect, Aquarius is a very free spirited, but Aquarius is also about the community. So there are rules, but there also is personal autonomy, and I think what happens is sometimes we lose nuance in these conversations while we are talking about community and we are, we, sometimes we think we can make, we can make rules and, 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 you know, structure the shit out of things and uh, control, but really like the personal change has to come from within. It has to be individuals have to want to work towards the greater good. Yeah. You know what? And and talking about like, I see it not when you have, when you're trying to create community, right? You don't, the rules should not be things that you have to follow, but more out of respect for building a safe space for everyone. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's in the, in the way that I kind of approach it because you can't build community and just fucking free ball it. Right. Because you have to think about people who have disability. You have to think about people with mental health. You have to think about um, even the privilege, right? If you're building a community, you have to think about how we all fit into this um, space together and make it safe as possible. So these so-called, um, let's not call them rules, maybe. Um, well, I think the problem with rules is that they are one size fits all. <laughs> Right. And you want to, a lot of the times, yeah, you want to create kind of a narrative where it's not something that you have to follow or it's particularly towards you. It's more of how we create a space based and respect everyone involved. Yeah. Like there is a, there is a dance with restriction where you need the structure and you need the restriction restriction to an extent, but we also need to be mindful of when it's harming and not benefiting, you know, like especially coming out of COVID and some of the COVID rules and the way that they were made with good intentions. People made COVID rules with good intentions, but there were people that the rules didn't work for me. I was left out. 
because I'm immune compromised. So you like, know? now I, I, I can't get my vax because of my health. I have to wait until my doctor's like, you're safe to, to, to get it, you know? So for me now I'm like, I can't even go into certain places. Like it doesn't work for everyone. And I, and I really do feel that, you know, the government is failing in that space where they think again, like many people that one blueprint works for everyone. And it doesn't. Yeah. Making it, even making it hard for like parents and children, you know, like, yeah, I, I I saw some places that didn't want children in their businesses. (laughs) It's like, I understand the intention is well-meaning, but like also shutting children entirely out of places is kind of like, kind of a little messed up for the children. (laughs) It's, it's, know, like, it's a, it's a really weird situation to be in because it's new to all of us, you know, and again, fear plays a big role in this. Um, when you don't, I remember in the beginning of 2020, I was scared of shit. I was like, what the hell is happening? Like, this is not real life. And because I am so involved in real life, obviously the community and right outside my door, I'm watching this go down and I'm watching people dying. And I'm just like, this is real. But my brain and my nervous system, everything was triggered because you're not in a safe space, not within yourself or with, or without yourself. So mm-hmm. I understand like the chaos that it costs and it's in the fear that's still instilled in a lot of people. So there's a sense of compassion, but also common sense that has to go into all of this. Um, so you, and hopefully- you know, what's coming through to me, you know, what I, what's like ringing in my, in my brain right now. Um, like chicory has a lot of rules and restrictions, but um, it's flexible. And I feel like a lot of times like rule making and restriction making, we are very rigid. And if you're too rigid, you break. Yeah. So there needs to be flexibility. There needs to be room for those rules to evolve. Yes. There needs to be room for transformation, for evolving, evolving. That's a beautiful word for chicory teaching how to evolve. Um, Again, we go back into like setting those self boundaries and self boundaries or boundaries in general. You have to, when you set them, you don't know if they're going to work for you per se, like uh, effectively. So you want to, instead of giving up on setting boundaries and self boundaries, you don't just give up on them. You evolve from them. You say, okay, let's adjust them and move them in a way that um, maybe this way is going to work better. Um, And you keep on with journeying with yourself and being flexible with your journey and being mindful that that's, that's the norm. That is how it's supposed to work. It doesn't have to be a certain way. It isn't one blueprint or else, you know, or right or wrong. Yeah. And even the flexibility, like, I feel like when we say that it's associated with being frugal, that that is also like another aspect of flexibility. Um, because you're learning to be more flexible. You're in, in a war situation. You don't have the coffee. You start adding chicory coffee to your coffee to stretch your coffee. It's about being flexible, adapting, uh, you know, changing your routine to, to work better in your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's also how I feel like it affects roadblocks and things like that. Like you're resetting your GPS and finding a different fucking way. Yes. This is perfect to like, kind of like circle everything in and, and, and the episode where this is a really beautiful message, even with your magic. Um, if you see that something's not working, if something's not breaking through this chicory itself, or just the lesson in itself that you need to read, you know, you need to adjust, you need to, 
um, maybe take a different approach, maybe add something else, mix it, like explore with your magic, explore with your plants and the ingredients that you're using. Um, it would really teach you a really great life lesson as to how to take that into real life as well. Yeah. And I think we could just leave it off there. I think that's really like the message of, of chicory. Yeah. Don't take shit too seriously. Um, and know that there's room for evolution and growth and transformation. Um, it doesn't have to be a certain way. It's just a learning process and you'll eventually get to the place where that one ingredient or mix works for you. Yes. Be flexible. Chicory. (laughs) I just, I love this episode. I'm so excited that we are leaving off on this episode. Um, because you know, it's our last episode of the season, we're leaving the road wide open for you to go and explore the magic of chicory and the magic of all the plants we talked about this season. Um, it just seems very, uh, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Sweet. It just seems very poignant, you know, very on purpose. Oh, okay. Purposeful. I'm sad. <laughs> We, we gotta go, we gotta, we gotta do some living. We gotta journey on and then come back with all the things that we, we lived and went through and worked with. And then we'll have more fun, uh, plant experiences to talk about. Season three is going to be really powerful and beautiful because we're moving into spring and summer where we're going to be outside more and exploring. So we'll have some tales to tell. Um, again, I love you guys. Thank you so much. There's been so much support in our Instagram on the reviews. It's just so beautiful to see if you guys really love us and the show and what we're doing. Um, please leave reviews, um, communicate with us on social media. I love when you guys send us like what you're working with, like, especially when they listen to a, uh, a episode, they yeah. show us w- them working with the plant in different ways, recipes or magic. Keep yes. I love that. We love that. We absolutely love it. Yes. Keep in touch with us. Keep us updated on all of the plants you're working with over the summer. Feel free to drop us comments of plants that you would like to see us talk about. Yes. Um, even questions that you want us to answer when we come back for the next season. That would be, Oh wait, no, we're going on season four, Juliet. Season oh, four. four. Oh, sorry. That's because <gasps> I'm watching Netflix. I'm on season two. Probably. I know. I know. It's just so unbelievable. I can't believe we have four seasons already. Or how did that happen? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah four, four, foresight. Mm, <laughs> yes. Four is going to be a very interesting one. I feel like I do too. Cause four is just such a like a heady number. Mm, I'm excited. Yay. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So see you, um, see you soon. Uh, follow us at elder hour on Instagram for the latest updates on when we'll be coming back. And then you can follow me on Instagram at stay at home, Witch, on TikTok at Chelsea, the witch and on all the other socials and Instagram at Witch baby soap. If you want to follow my company, where can we find you, Juliet? At I am Juliet Diaz. And again, no underscores, no repeated letters. I do not message for readings. Beware of scammers. Love you guys. Yes. Love you guys. Please, please, please keep in touch. <laughs>